Welcome back to your next stop with your host, me, Juliet Hahn. In this episode, I interview Kat Stansick. I cannot wait for you guys to dive into this episode. Kat was bullied from a young age, went to university, really hated the whole aspect of school, but then went on to get her MBA. At 27, she was working for a company that... Then she had to fire every single person, but she was an executive assistant. So the skills that she learned in the inner workings of a company, and then for a short time, she was actually running the company. So she learned really what it is to be an entrepreneur. She has become an entrepreneur at, at in 2013. So earlier than a lot of people did, um, you know, it was before the big wave of entrepreneurs. You guys wait until she shares her story. And then also there is a free gift that she's giving you guys do not want to miss this. This episode is brought to you by Together Women Rise. Together Women Rise is dedicated to ensuring that every woman and girl has the opportunity to live freely, pursue her dreams, and reach her full potential. They are a powerful community of women and allies engaged in learning, giving, and community building. Please visit Together Women Rise at Together Women Rise. Dot org to learn more and to join them. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called a Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? Welcome back to your next stop. You know, I say every single time I'm excited for you guys to listen to my next guest journey and story. And it's, it's no other. I am so pumped. You guys, Kat Stancic. Met with Kat, welcome to your next stop, by the way. Thank you very much for having me. And we were introduced through David, right? That's right. Is that who introduced us? Yeah, which is really funny because I always will tell everyone whether it's, you know, through LinkedIn, it's through Instagram, through emails, or it's another guest that I've had on the podcast and I've been on their podcast. A lot of times that's how we network. That's how we get guests because someone is on the podcast and is like, wait, I have someone that you need to meet. You need to hear the story. So welcome to your next stop. And I cannot wait to dive into your whole story. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I know that you're an amazing interviewer. You've had the most amazing people on your podcast. So I just, I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you. So what we always do is we kind of start, I would love for you to give the listeners just a little bit about who you are, where you grew up, if you went to university, you know, what you studied and you can give that just like a little bit and then, and then where you are today. Cause I know you started your journey in the entrepreneurial world kind of before it was like a, a thing? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I get like I, lots of questions and I'm, my brain converges five sentences at the same time. So you guys just all witnessed that. So yes, <laughs> I started thinking like an entrepreneur, I think at a very young age, and it was because I just had different life experiences and I just, I was an old soul from a very young age. I was always interested in talking more to adults than, than my peers that may have had everything to do with being bullied, but we're just going to go on the positive side of things here. Um, and yes, yeah, so I have my MBA, so I am theoretically highly educated, very expensive paper that's sitting right there on, on my wall right now. Um, but really <laughs> how I learned was in the experiences of having been in small businesses and startups and things like that, and just really applied 
all of that knowledge against my MBA. So I actually got my MBA before earning it in the, you know, um, educational space. So essentially went, got that big highfalutin corporate, you know, consulting position and really ended up understanding that this wasn't the way that I was going to realize impact faster in the world. And so started down the path of hiring a life coach. It basically found that that was hugely impactful and then plopped down my first $10,000 investment in myself. And as I grew my business over time, people kept asking me how I was doing it because technically I was a life coach. And so then my worlds collided and I, you know, did the corporate consulting thing with the life coaching and became a business strategist and started teaching people how they could find their ideal clients faster with more joy, really, um, in the online digital bro marketing saturated space. I love that. I love that. So I know I, when I, when I started, I asked you like five questions in one. So I did, (laughs) I did see how you processed that. So, and I'm sorry that you were bullied because that's never okay and never, you know, something that's accepted. However, and I'm going to put the positive spin on it. It really does create resilience in certain avenues. I'm dyslexic. I was not bullied. However, teachers used to tell me I wasn't trying, that I wasn't smart, you know, that I wasn't going to go to college um, and all these different things that I learned as my story, as my journey kind of unfolded. So, as much as yes, you know, that that's not fair and not okay. It, it probably built something in, in you that actually helped you be like, you know what, I don't care if I fail. I don't care if this happens because I've kind of been through it all. So can you take us through that a little bit? So I always say someone's had it worse. Someone's had it better. It doesn't matter. I'm living my life. And in that moment, honestly, I remember sitting there and thinking life had to be better than this this was not okay with me. And I didn't know how, I didn't know where, I didn't know what, but it had to be better than this. And, you know, things got worse, things got better. There've been all kinds of big T's and little T's that I've had to go through. That's trauma, by the way, um, for anyone listening. And that was the knowingness, that knowingness of life could, should, and had to be better because I desired it was the thing, was the light that kept me going through all of the different kinds of darknesses that I had to face. And that is what is now become who I am today, which is the light, which I call being a firework and putting on firework experiences and allowing other people to they themselves become the firework for their client. And that's how I am putting out change and love into the world. And that's how change and love changes the world, essentially. I love how you put that. And that was so, I mean, that was really beautifully said. And I appreciate you sharing that. So obviously school you didn't love, right? I mean, for all, all different aspects. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, super love it. You could not pay me to go back to any point in time before I was 27. So, okay. So, so then I, now I'm like super curious. So you went, you went on to university. Yep. Yep. I went on to university and that was painful. Um, and then I went, um, you know, into the real world, did, you know, the working thing and I got stuck. So basically coming out of university, I, and I feel so British saying that, um, versus college or something. I, know. And I do say, I say university and because I, you know, it depends on who I'm interviewing that I'm like, you know what? University is, is, is kind of, everyone understands it. Sometimes people will be like, Oh, college, is that what year if they're not from the United States? And also the same thing with mobile. If you say cell phone, not everyone gets it. So I always say you're mobile or university. And I know I always feel, I feel always a little bit more accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll take it and I'll, I will implement it and leverage it myself too. Um, and yeah, so basically I went into, into the world and tried to look at stuff and I essentially got stuck as an admin. 
So I came out, I was an administrative assistant, I became an executive assistant, then I became a business manager, and then a business operations manager, which is really just a souped up admin. So I was doing everything. I knew where all the bodies were buried. I was doing the accounting, the bookkeeping, the HR, all the things for business. Um, And this is where I really cut my teeth in the entrepreneurial world. I was a fifth employee, we grew to 25. um, And then I had to lay everyone off. There was a, the founder, uh, left the, uh, VPs staged a coup with the investors. I mean, talk about getting a whole bunch of life experience in terms of business right then and there. And I was taking the, the minutes. And so I knew what was happening. I knew all the things and I was able to predict stuff. And at the ripe age of 26, I laid everyone off. I supported a technology sale. We'd done $5 million in venture funding. And for about a month and a half, I was a COO. Now, no one would believe me if I put that on my resume, so I didn't. Um, But I realized in that moment that I was more capable than what people had put down and put on me my entire life. And so though I'd always been trying to be an overachiever and seeking external validation wherever I could find it, um, I really started leaning into the fact that I needed to validate myself. And so that's when I pursued my MBA. Um, And started to walk down that path of things can be more and activating that knowing within me. Um, and not just knowing it, but making it a material and materializing the thought process. So it went from this external ethereal concept into something concrete and a path that I was choosing to walk down. Kat, thank you for sharing all that. And one of the things that, you know, I do love to do with my guests is kind of take it back to, your, your childhood. So you had a lot of experiences that kind of were, you were like, I want, I need to do things more myself. You had to take kind of the reins, you know, whether it was school, whether it was in that business job that you had, did you see either of your parents be entrepreneurs or were they in the corporate world? Can you give us a little bit of that background? Yeah. It's funny that you asked that because actually no one's ever asked me that question before. And I hadn't realized it growing up, but my dad was actually an entrepreneur. Um, not as successful as he probably would have wanted to be, but he kind of changed uh, jobs and he never really fit into the job category of being employable. Um, And so he went out and kind of did his own thing. And so he actually ended up running a nonprofit that was aligned with his values. Um, But my mom was the one that was the primary breadwinner and she was the one that traveled a lot and um, was able to you know, she's, she, she did all the finances. So it was a very, I mean, I grew up in the eighties and so that was still a very much of a role reversal back then. So mom wasn't the one making most of the money. Mom wasn't the one that was managing the finances in the house. Usually it was the, she was on the other foot where the, the father, um, was doing that. And so I had an example very early on of a strong, independent driven woman in my mother. Um, and then the possibility of, you know, what that could look like when you have a personality that is strong and driven and not really conforming to society's expectation of, you know, how a woman should be and act and, and what, you know, the standard definition of success would look like for a, a female, um, in, in that day and time. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting. I love to bring it back there because it's always, you know, I've had guests on that say, no, I didn't have any entrepreneur. You know, there was no, nothing of that. I saw my parents in the corporate world or they were professors or teachers. And then sometimes they'll be like, Oh wait, wait. Oh, you know what? My dad was an entrepreneur for a short time. And so I always ask, this is like something that I love to do is, So 
seeing your mom as a powerful woman, that that's amazing because you, you got that. But then seeing your dad in the role of where you think now, like, oh, he, you know, probably would want to be a little bit more successful. Do you ever feel like it's, it's sometimes like the energy that we chase? It's not the, um, it's not like, you know, the energy in the house and people don't realize that sometimes like when I was, I had this guest on that was like, when my dad came home as professor, he was fine. He, when he was happy, it was what he made money. But when he came in as the store owner, he had like a skip and a step. And she was always chasing that energy of her, of her dad, not thinking and not realizing they used to go out and meet with, he had a partner and they would go and meet at like, you know, dinner. And so she would have all of this interaction with this other family. And it was just a memory that she had, but she didn't realize that that's why she wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's what she was chasing. So I'm going to bring that to ask you, do you think that it's a little bit of that now that you saw what your dad went through that you always wanted to show him and not show him in a bad way, but show him, oh, I can do this too. Or was it more of just, you were born with an, you know, some people are just have that mindset. They're entrepreneurs. I mean, that's how God made them. Yeah. I think it's the latter in terms of, you know, I saw what he, he did and it didn't hit me until like a few years ago, you know, through therapy, um, that, that actually was one of the cycles that I had broken. Cause I was, I was, I was super frustrated and I'll, I'll come back to answer the question, but I was like, I should be so much more successful. And I, there's all these things that I should be doing right now and was being super frustrated. And then I really had to take a look back. Um, and I'll, I'll be, more transparent than I think a lot of people were, were, are sometimes, but I was doing EMDR therapy, which is basically kind of allowing your brain to revisit certain situations and your brain in this process kind of heals itself in terms of any of the previous traumas and kind of not rewriting it, but de-triggering and reducing the, the energetic reaction to something that happens when that trigger happens. So when I went back to that, what I realized was there was a couple of cycles that I had, I had broken that had been passed on to me. One was I was a successful entrepreneur providing in a way that was in alignment of my values for my family. And I know that's what he would have wanted to do. Um, because that's why he kept trying obviously. Right. And so I can appreciate him for that and I can respect him for it. Whereas growing up, that may not necessarily have been the emotional, um, connection that I had with him. And what I started realizing too, was there were other cycles that I hadn't been giving myself credit for. And one of them was the one that drove me not still now, but also into entrepreneurship, which is I had wanted my mom to be so much more present than she could. And it's not that she didn't want to be, but she couldn't, she was the one providing for the family. And she, as part of that was travel, which meant she wasn't there for me in different traumatic experiences that I had happen because she wasn't there. She couldn't be. And so what I wanted to create was a way for parents who, or, or people who valued family. So whether that that's three dogs in your, in your pack, whether that you're caring for your grandparents, whether you have one child or 15, it didn't matter. It's that I value humanity kind of, um, energy. And what I want for my clients and who I work with is to not have the stress of having to figure out how to make money in their business. I love because that. that's what my mom was doing. She was working for someone else because she needed to provide for the family. So if I can help an entrepreneur do that, then what I've done is allowed that person to be present in their life and in the people they love's life. There's a better way of saying that grammatically, but they're <laughs> present in a way that they can't be if they're constantly stressed about where's that next client going to come from? How am I going to scale this business? How am I going to do this, make more money, but without working more hours? Right. 
And for me, when that person can be present in those people's lives, then that's how the world changes because that's how you love on someone more intentionally. And they learn that that's how you can also show up as a human. I mean, and so again, beautifully said, um, what, what really just jumped out at me and I was wanting to scream is, so you obviously, you know, have had these, these paths through your life and your parents obviously did the best that they could, right? They did the best that they knew how. And all of that though, has then brought you with that entrepreneur mindset and then seeing that you want something more for a parent or, you know, from you needed more from your mom, then you were able to be like, I'm going to create this. So that's, you know, whether you believe in God or the universe, you got all of those skills really early on. And then you were in that business role where it was like, okay, we're going to throw you in big time because you're going to do big things. You're really going to help those clients of yours get to that point of what you've always dreamed of. So I, I absolutely love that. So I, now I want to jump in and, and have you share with everyone what you do and where they can find you and all of that. Yes. So, um, you know, I've always been, and I think I didn't quite answer that last question that you had, but the, the thing that set me on this path was I never belonged and I was always too much and not enough and always in the wrong situation. Um, and so really kind of leaning in and understanding that, that the, the things that I had to go through shaped me for this. And so with all that right now, what I do is I essentially help people make more money online. So yes, there's a lot of people who do that. Now, how I do it is making sure that people are doing quality legion. I say that even the worst sales call will still close if you have the right lead on the phone, but you can have all the sales calls you want and they won't close if you're not talking to the right people. So what I help people do is attract those quality, high quality, high converting prospects who become clients by leveraging firework experiences. And what I mean is, is that a lot of people are kind of done with this door to door knocking of really feeling like they're chasing people all around the internet, across the platforms, and instead creating an invitation an experience that people want to go to, that they'll rearrange their calendar for where they'll get the babysitter, where they'll invest in whatever it is to show up because it's that valuable. And it's because when we drive value, the revenue is behind it and not the other way around. Most people are delivering value as far as a sales call and that's it. And it's because they want the credit card to clear. I'm looking to create transformation and to understand that things can be different than what the bro marketers are out there doing. And what I mean is, is it's not the shaky down, leaving you less sound 64 step funnel that everybody has to implement, but really creating human connection with people so that they actually get a result and they have a system and a process to keep doing it. Um, so I get fired up. I will get on many a soapbox. (laughs) No, but this is what I love my listeners to hear is that this is clearly your, your path. This is clearly your passion because you got so excited and tell everyone how long you've been doing this. So, I mean, you've been doing this for years before it really was a thing. I know in my mind, in, in my mind. So I, I was in corporate, so I was consulting and managing hundreds of people and billions of dollars and project money and all that. And what I realized when I was doing that was I needed to do something more. So that's, that's when it all started for me, that, that first part of that professional development. And basically I was, I got my certification in 2013. Um, so I got accredited by the ICF and that's when it started. And so it took me several years to create a transition plan to mitigate the risk as much as possible and then really jump in and and start doing this full time and, and realizing even more of my impact in doing that. So um, 
I don't know, that's eight years, seven. I can't do mental math. Seven, no, either. Eight, nine, nine years. <laughs> I can't do mental <laughs> math either, so don't ask me. So tell I people. Don't even start me with time zone math. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, please. And then when it becomes daylight savings time, and then I'm all screwed up. Um, yeah. I, I love that. So tell people where they can find you. So your website, uh, you know, social media. So um, I have a three part training, instant access. Um, thing that you can get access to. Um, and really what that includes is three main components. One, uh, which aligns to how I work with people in terms of connecting. And so looking at how you're creating an hour of lead gen a day, because that's all it should take is an hour of lead gen of focused, concentrated effort. Um, and then how to structure that hour so that you're filling your pipeline. The second piece is all around the conversation. So this piece is uh, really around using some social media swipe that I have for everyone that helps the people you're already connected to because you're already connected to at least $100,000 without adding another person to your pipeline and having some of those people raise their hand to say, I'm ready to work with you. So this is our, some social media swipe that you can leverage for that. And then the third piece is all about the invitation to the close. And so what I've provided is actually the sales script that I use as a process and a structure to help people provide you those resilient and resounding yeses and not the resentful ones because resentful yeses are the ones that ask for refunds. And those are the ones that people are chasing. Um, and so really it's an empowered process to help increase your close ratios anywhere between 80 and 90%. I love that. I love that. Well, so tell them where they can find oh, that. Where to find it. I love doing this. I tell people about it and then that's it. I'm done. That You get to figure out and search the interweb, internet for it. So you can find it at fullybooked.ceo. Um, and then other than that, I am definitely, I get around the internet for sure. So I'm always findable. Um, and then, you know, there's other things that I like to do. I have a podcast mixer that I, I host for six and seven figure business owners. And you can find that at leadbossmixer.com. And that is complimentary for people to attend. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what is, if someone's just listening to this and they're like, okay, I have a business, I'm, I'm still in corporate or I'm still teaching or I'm still doing something else, but I have this idea. I have this idea that I've been wanting to do forever. What are some quick steps they can kind of do like, to start out just to see, okay, is this what I'm meant to be doing? I mean, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. You know, I think it's so important for people and I'll ask you that question again, but to, for people to daydream and really think what they want their lives to, to, to be and to find that space and, you know, daydreaming and meditating, I, I, they're in one for me, but I don't meditate where I'm sitting there. Cause that's not who I am. And if I sat there, I would think about all the things I have to do. So I have to move. I take my dogs for a walk. My listeners know I'm, I walk my dogs. That's when I create. And when I create, it's either something that I'm doing right now, or I daydream, you know, I daydream of what I want or I, this idea I have. So I think it's really important for people to do that. And I think a lot of people don't do that because they're scared of failure or they don't know where to start. So what is your like top three tips of how someone can start in creating a business on their own? I first off want to like super like appreciate everything you're sharing because I, I'm everything that I'm going to advise is on the doing side. And that's where I default and adding in that beingness is so critical. So like, if you're listening to this right now, lean into which one are you doing more of? Because the revenue is behind the resistance. And I know that when I started looking at how I could be instead of all the actions I could be taking, cause that's a natural tendency for me. That's also where a lot more abundance started becoming available for me to tap into, not only releasing it from within myself, but also attracting it externally into me. 
Um, so my doing strategies are going to be really simple. One, make sure you're talking about your offer in a way that drives the benefit, not just the features. So many people talk about, it'll give you clarity. It'll make you confidence. And that's all great and good, but that's not actually providing a tangible. What I mean is what is something someone can walk away with after having worked with you? So if you're not communicating that, that's a big area of opportunity that you're leaving money on the table, essentially. The second piece is looking at your authoritative positioning. So are you claiming authority? Are you claiming expertise or are you just like shunning? No, no, that's not me. I need more years of experience. If you decide that you are an authority and an expert, then that is the only thing. You have to crown yourself before someone else crowns you. That is ultimate, like, you know, you know, power in terms of driving your path forward. Um, and so looking at, are you one thing on one platform, something on the other? Are you all about talking about yourself or are you positioning your authority in a way that invites people to see what it would look like to have you as part of their life? Because we're supposed to tune into other people's radio station, not the other way around. It's the difference between push marketing and attraction marketing. Now, the third piece is going to be all around stop trying to do more stuff. And what I mean is, is that you're already connected, meaning your clients are already around you and they're one conversation away. I actually hate that I just said that because that feels so like the other kind of one thing away. And, but what I mean is be human and have conversations, conversations, the art of the conversation is the best skill set that you can learn in your business. Because I will tell you six figure business owners do it. Multiple six figure business owners do it. Even seven figure business owners do it. And if they're not doing it, someone else is. These foundational skills of learning how to have conversations and communicate effectively are the things that are the foundation for any business to succeed. So I would focus on those three areas first, and then you can add all the glitter and the sparkles and the confetti that you want after you've made money to reinvest in your business. I love that. And you know what? I know my listeners are laughing right now because that third part I say all the time. And I, I, I phrase it as ask questions, ask questions, ask questions for the people around you, find out their story, tell them your story. That is what's going to connect you. And that's, what's going to then lead you to the next thing. And so many of us don't do that. We don't, we, we have what we want to say in our mind and we don't actively listen to the person across from us. And it, mm -hmm. it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, listen, I'm dyslexic, I'm attention deficit, and I know how to do it because I'm truly curious about what the person is saying, because I leave that space for myself to interact with that person, to ask questions. And that's what, you know, um, Mark Champagne actually said in one of his books is, and, and it's not one of his books, his, his book, it is, we're all one question away from a different life. And if you really think about that, it is really true because you could have this idea, but you're like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. And you just start asking people around you, Hey, what is this? And, and do it in a way that you're curious. You're asking them a curious question. And what's going to happen is you're going to all of a sudden hear someone else be interested. I talk about this all the time. When you're in a conversation, listen to when someone gets excited. We just heard you get excited on multiple occasions. My listeners have heard me get get excited on multiple occasions because it's really important for that moment. When you hear that excitement, what does it do to you? If you're sitting across from someone and you're like, 
wait, I'm starting to get excited too. That means you need to explore that a little bit more, especially if you're in a situation in your life where you're feeling a little stuck, where you're not feeling, you know, feel you're, when you're not feeling fulfilled, it's, that's the most important time to really ask those important questions and they can just be small. I mean, I love that you said to me, Oh, no one's really asked me that. That's one thing I, I am curious. So I ask different questions because I'm really curious about, okay, what did this look like over here? Because a lot of the time, our stories were created way back when, when we were little, whether they were good or bad. And, you know, I, I say this all the time, trauma is, is, is something, you know, it, it is something, but if you overcome that trauma, the gifts that it gives you to then go and help and do things in the world is more powerful than someone else that hasn't dealt with that. And so I've had guests on multiple times that have said, don't let your trauma define you. You can live with it. You can sit in it, you know, and I have obviously, I, I wouldn't ever call it trauma, but you know, I've had teachers ask me if I was retarded. I mean, in front of an entire class, that's, that is trauma because that's embarrassing to be in ninth grade. And I mispronounced a name and have a teacher say that to me. First of all, that's never okay to speak to someone that way. And also, you know, I mean, why use even use that word? However, that person had their own issues you know, and they were taking it out on other things. So it's really important for you to think someone's going to say, oh, my trauma is not, you know, I didn't, I didn't experience this. I didn't experience Y. I didn't experience Z. But just because you don't think your trauma is as big as someone else, it is because it happened to you. And again, I don't use the word trauma. I, I, I call them life experiences and I'm probably doing what I'm telling people not to do, but I think, okay, well, you know, I wasn't physically abused. I wasn't sexually abused. You know, I didn't, I didn't have this. I had a really good life. However, in school, I had people talk to me pretty shitty and I was a good kid. So I would always just try, okay, well, how can I, how can I do this better? And it was really because my brain didn't work the same way as other people. So it's really important for Etsy. Now I'm on my soapbox. It's really important for everyone that's listening to this to think about it, whether it's painful or not, you have to go back. You have to heal those, those experiences, but then take those experiences and figure out how you can help the next person, the next generation not have to experience that. And we can all be better if we just listened to each other and not just listened, if we heard each other and just do better. I love everything you're saying. And, and a lot of that energy comes from a place of detachment. And I think that that's a really big issue that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with um, at all levels of success is having these self-imposed um, goals, right? And so who's putting as much pressure on us as um, on us? It's We're doing it to ourselves and really looking at where is their attachment in the conversation, which prevents, and that's what I call play. So that curiosity, that, that engagement, all that, like that's for me, that's play. And so if you're not playing, then you're forcing things and the other person can feel that forced oh, yeah. energy. And it, it's one of the biggest ways to create repulsion, yeah. right? Like literally it's like turning the magnet around and saying as, as hard as you push and toward yourself, towards the other person, they will continue to move away. And so it's a way, it's a bunch of wasted energy. And at the end of the day, like we don't have to explain ourselves to anybody and really standing in the power of there is something that each and every single human being can provide. That's a value that can change the life and the world and really looking at what is that power, harnessing it, and then really projecting it even bigger, um, in a very sometimes vulnerable, but empowering way. Because again, at the end of the day, we're responsible for the change. And if we're not contributing, then we're taking away from it. I love that. I absolutely love that. Kat, I can't thank you enough for joining your next stop. Guys, 
you're listening to this, you might be saying, Oh, I don't need to, you know, I, this is a great episode, but you know, it's, it doesn't pertain to me. It pertains to someone in your life around. These are where the questions come in. This is why it's also important, you know, to build relationships with people. Someone needs to hear this episode. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to take it and send it to three to four to five people, because that's how this message gets out. And this message Again, someone needs to hear because they need their life changed. So you know what to do. You like, you subscribe, you review, and you share it with as many people as you can. You know where to find me on the socials. I am Juliet Han, J-U-L-I-E-T-H-A-H-N. That's also my website. Kat, please, again, throw out where people can find you. And again, thank you so much for joining your next stop. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Um, you know, the different resources are fullybook.co. You, if you're into podcasting and leveraging that as a visibility strategy, feel free to check out the leadbossmixer.com and always on my website, Action Incubator, and I'm on the platform. So Kat, like the animal, C-A-T, Stancic, S-T-A-N-C-I-K. And I look forward to chatting and connecting with any um, of your viewers and listeners. Yes. And guys, take advantage of her free gift because why not? That's again, that's taking action. That's doing something that can help you or someone else move the needle, move your business, make you a better person regardless. So again, thank you. We'll see you guys next week. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 